You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 001. Here we go. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures made for life. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, sex with your ex. We're going to talk about why you might want to have it, uh, when not to have sex with your ex, a bunch of tips on if you're going to have sex with an ex, how to do it right, and make sure you stick around towards the end. We're going to have a part specifically on uh, tips for hooking up with your ex if you're kinky. So we're kind of batch recording a bunch of these episodes right now. So we are launching the podcast in August, and you'll probably hear this episode sometime, uh, I would say, mid to late August. However, we're actually recording this in late June. So we are right now just getting back from a camp event, and I'm not really ready to be back yet. Um, I'm not fully recovered either. I fell asleep on my computer the other day. So <laughs> so we've been back for about a week now, and I feel like I've been back just long enough to want to go back again. <laughs> like, I'm it was, ready. It was a fantastic experience. Um, it's If you've never been to like a kinky camp or an event like that, um, you know, basically you spend the entire time there just doing kinky things, being around awesome people. And not really worrying about any of our like vanilla responsibilities like work and such. So coming back from that uh, kind of sucks a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, so it's funny. So we we kind of avoided camp events for years. And we kind of went to a lot of hotel events because Cassie's Cassie is very like cleanliness worried about. I need ev- a shower. She was worried about everything, and her point of view on camp was always. That I like camping and I like kink, but I'm not sure if I wanted to mix it because I want to be able to like screw around and then like be able to be like in a shower and be able to wash and be clean and that sort of thing. Yeah, so we we kind of avoided the camp events for a few years. We went to hotel events, like bigger hotel events, conferences and those kinds of things. Um, And then maybe like three years ago, I think, Mm -hmm. we got invited to teach at a camp event and we're kind of like, okay, well. We'll go see how it is. And it's actually kind of really an amazing thing because, you know, the difference with that. So when you're at like a hotel event, you go to the dungeon, you do your stuff. You got to kind of get dressed and go back through the real world to go, you know, back to your hotel room or, you know, you want to step out and get food. Like you have to put your clothes on and not act like a fool. (laughs) Um or if you're like not necessarily staying in the like host hotel, because that happens a lot with those kind of events. You end up wanting to get a cheaper hotel or they run out of rooms or whatever. So then you have to pack up your stuff and walk across the street angrily, you know, cold and having to put your coat on and all that um, rather than just being able to be naked and do whatever like you can at camp. At camp, it's sort of like around the clock. So you can have sex, be naked, do what you want, and don't have to worry about, you know, people saying, okay, your time's up. You have to go back to kind of being vanilla for a little while. Yeah. So the camp we were just at, they ran out this whole enormous campsite up in uh, northeastern Maryland. And 
you know, you, it, it's kind of like complete immersion. Like once you get there, you don't leave. Like you go and you get up in the morning and you walk outside and you see people like fucking in the grass. And <laughs> I think I, and not so much this time, but like last time I was there, I managed to go like pretty much the entire camp without wearing any kind of pants. Like I think I had like a kilt <laughs> most of the time. And that was it. And so it's really cool because like once you once you get in there, you just really don't leave that headspace until you leave camp. So you get to kind of stay there, be surrounded by kinky people. And, you know, you just on your way to the classes or on your way to food, you see crazy shit happening everywhere. Or while you're at classes or having food, you see stuff going on, too. (laughs) Although hopefully they're being respectful and not too distracting with the classes. But yeah. But so. Like I said, so this is our our third year, I think, that we've gone. And this year was cool because we went almost uh, almost an entire week. We went Wednesday to Monday this time. Um, so it was like just a really awesome camp. We had a whole bunch of really great scenes like pretty much every day. Uh, and it was way too much fun. And we're not ready to be back. And I've been here just long enough to get enough sleep and recover that I'm ready for the one that's coming up in like end of August, beginning of September. <laughs> Rigel hasn't stopped talking about camp since we got home. I did for like a day. <laughs> I did for like a day when I slept. Um, but yeah, so, but, so last year we were at camp. Uh, lots of cool camp stories, but I'll just, I'll just regale you guys with one for right now. Um, so last year we were at camp and a bunch of stuff happened. And I found out that Cassie apparently has like a really serious mermaid fetish. Like now you got to keep in mind, we've been together for over 10 years now and I was not aware that she had not only a mermaid fetish but like a really deep-seated serious mermaid fetish and how did that come up last year exactly um I I'm not sure how the conversation about mermaids came up I know it was like related to porn because we were talking about porn and um I'm not a huge porn person like I'm not against it I just you know I don't watch a lot of porn um but one aspect of porn that I really like is mermaid porn or pornography pictures of mermaids. Um, And there is a lack of it. And I'm not really sure how we got on the conversation about mermaid porn. Um, Because there were mermaids at camp. I'm not sure if it was because of mermaids because we, we started talking about it before camp and I don't know if it was, maybe I saw that there was like this mermaid meetup thing or what kind of like triggered that or if there had to be something there was, there was a segue there that I don't remember. Um, but we ended up talking about it and they had a meetup at the, uh, the camp with mermaids that, you know, are just kinky people who like to dress up as mermaids, which was really hot, really hot. And Cassie went down there and you met some mermaids. Yes. And I petted one of the mermaids tails. Um, but I didn't, I didn't like, you know, do anything with any of the mermaids or anything. I just came and was awkward and, and enjoyed staring at them. Was the weird, weird dude in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> I cool. was, I was, I was the weird kinky guy that didn't really talk to anybody. I just kind of stared at the mermaids. Um, but I did end up talking to one mermaid and I told her that I had a, a, a mermaid fetish, which she was like, oh, that's fascinating. You don't find many people who have mermaid fetishes. Which is hilarious considering that you're at Dio and there are mermaids and there's a mermaid meetup. Like you would think that there would be more people there with like a mermaid <laughs> fetish. I mean, I didn't know it's a thing, but everything's a thing to somebody. <laughs> And you would think that there would be more people there with the mermaid fetish. And um, what she told me was, no, there really isn't that many people who really have like a mermaid fetish. So um, we had a little bit of a chit chat then, but that was really all that happened last year. So Cassie talked about the mermaids like nonstop 
for a while and like talked about maybe getting our girlfriend a mermaid tail and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> uh, so this year we go to Dio and we're there and um, we're in the line because when you go for food, if you if you get meals there, you go to like this cafeteria, which has really amazing food, but the line often is somewhat lengthy. And so <laughs> we're waiting in the line and we wind up behind the girl who is the mermaid that Cassie met last year and also like runs this mermaid meetup and is like really serious into this whole mermaid thing. So we're standing there and Cassie, who you have to understand is always like super chill and cool and like the girls never chase her cassie always you know i mean sorry cassie never chases the girls the girls always chase her and cassie's always like mr smooth about everything (laughs) and she's sitting there like oh my god oh my god it's a mermaid it's a mermaid we're standing right behind this this girl in line so cassie is going on and on and i'm like are you going to say something to her and she's like oh no never so I didn't want to be the weird person with the mermaid fetish. She didn't want to be the weird, which she is the weird person with the mermaid fetish. So (laughs) finally, I told him, like, look, if you don't say something to her, I'm just going to say something because you clearly need to say something, Uh, which is very, I don't want to say out of character for me, but typically if if one of us is going to be like, God, if you don't say something I'm going to, it's going to be you. (laughs) So I'm just about to say something to this girl. And she finally turns around and sees Cassie and actually recognizes her from the year before. Yeah, and she's like, aren't you the one with the, like, I know you. You're the one with the mermaid fetish. And I'm like, yes, I, I'm I'm the, the person with the mermaid fetish. And um, she uh, basically like, kind of hinted at, uh, you know, oh, well, would you like me to spank you with my fin? And, you know, all hopes and dreams and happiness just left because as, you know, if, if you've been listening for a while or if you listen for a while, you'll know that I am a top and a dom only, so I don't really bottom. So the mermaid spanking my butt was not really a, uh, a thing for me. So I was kind of like, no, that's not really my thing. And I figured that was going to be the end of the conversation. But then she was like, so then what kind of fantasy do you have? Um, and I was like, well, one in particular is I'd, I'd like to, you know, put on a strap on and face fuck a mermaid. And she was actually like, cool, that's really interesting. Maybe we can like, you know, work something out. And, um, we discussed getting together after the mermaid meet. Right. So there was like a mermaid meet, which I think might've been the next day. So first off, Cassie is like bubbly out of this freaking cafeteria. (laughs) She's like, I was, I was trying not to show her how interested I was, but that's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. So like as soon as we, so we, cause we actually go outside to eat and Cassie's like sitting there like fawning the whole time we're sitting there eating and the people next to us are just cracking up cause there's two other people sitting at our table and they're just rolling on the floor with how she is. So, uh, next day Cassie winds up going down to the mermaid meet and you get there at a bad time. Yeah. So, she had beautiful scale makeup on and looked all fancy and nice. And I got there at the very, very beginning of the mermaid meet. And um, I looked at her and she was like, well, can we kind of do this like towards the end of the meet? Which wouldn't have been a problem if it wasn't for the fact that we also had to go negotiate a like kidnapping rape scene. 
um, that uh, we were already committed to doing. So the time for mermaid face fucking did not align with kidnapping rape time. Consensual Uh, (laughs) non-consent. Consensual non-consent. So uh, we were like, okay, so... Um, you know, can we reschedule this? You know, what's a good time? And uh, she was sort of like, well, um, she was like, well, come back. You know, why don't you come back after your negotiations? Maybe I'll still be here. Maybe I won't. So we go back. She's gone. Cassie is so sad. Very disappointed. Very sad. So that night we're we're doing something else and we're coming back from something and we, we pass through this space and she's standing there, which I almost didn't actually recognize her non-mermaided. And she was like all dressed up. <laughs> Um, but you recognize her. I didn't recognize her for a second. I recognize her. I had to double take. I had to double take. And so, you know, Cassie's like trying to rage a time and the mermaid's like, well, I think our, our, we'll find that our schedules will align organically, which if you've ever been to camp is not like a thing. Like your schedules don't align organically. Like there's hundreds of people like spread out over this, this gigantic area. Acres. Acres and acres. Like, most people aren't carrying their cell phones or don't have hardly any reception there. And like everybody's busy with classes and like pre-scheduled scenes and and all this stuff. So schedules do not organically align. Yeah, if you're going to camp, you really need like some kind of a day planner and some sort of, you know, watch to have on you at all times because things don't align organically. Or at least to have on you. See, I managed to go without looking at the clock most of the time. At least to have on you when you know you've got a scene coming up in a while that you need to, yeah. But um, you know, so but our 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 time sort of organically aligned a little bit. Um, they did not organically align. Cassie went to the pool every like three hours. <laughs> that is not organic. Cassie went to the pool like every three hours until she found the mermaid. That is not organic. So I semi-organically bumped into the mermaid at one of the times that I happened to be passing by the pool. Again. Again. um, For like the fifth time that day. Um, And she was available and so was I. And I did get to Facebook a mermaid. So it was fantastic. Um, And uh, when we had talked previously, when I told her what my fantasy was, she was like, I can hold my breath for a really long time. And I was like... I don't really care what you're saying. You're a mermaid and you agreed to let me do things to you. But I have to say, she really could hold her breath a long time. It was actually a really awesome, uh, unique thing that I've never gotten to really do before. And being able to kind of do something with a fetish that you really don't have the opportunity to do uh, was was really, really awesome for me. So very happy. It looked awesome. It looked <laughs> well, you. like you were very awesomely enjoying it and orgasming and yeah i was very very sexually fetishy content so but yeah happy and i protected story. you from floaties that were trying to run you two over because <laughs> i'm a good partner but yeah so camp is fantastic and ready to go back it's only been a week and ready to go back already but today so why don't you tell us about the topic for today because we could we could talk about camp scenes the whole time very easily. So we're going to talk about sex with your ex, um, which is kind of like one of those subjects that people are like, ooh, about, right? Like if you Google sex with your ex, everything that pops up says, don't do it. Um, there really isn't like a ton of like other advice. I mean, there is some, but like 
the first thing that anything says is don't have sex with your ex. So here's the thing. A lot of us do have sex with our ex. It comes up. It's something that happens. Um, and uh, you don't have to not have sex with your ex. It's just there are certain things that you really have to keep in mind. And the thing is, is that it's something that if you date enough people and you're with enough people, eventually that sort of situation is going to come up, especially if you're a kingster. This was actually kind of a topic that you you brought up and you actually brought up a long time ago. And like a lot of people were really interested in it because um, we had some people we were working with at the time when you brought this topic up, like on the blog and things like that. And a lot of them thought this was a really great idea. And so I actually, I actually found this to be a very interesting topic because this isn't something that I personally have had a ton of problems with, I guess, because I spent pretty much my whole adult life in the kink world for one. And I guess we've just been fortunate enough to have some very good relationships with our, our partners that we are no longer dating anymore. So I'm curious as to why you think this is such an important topic. Um, I think it's an important topic because there is a lot of ideas behind exes in the vanilla world that kind of run over into the kink world. Like, Kingsters like to believe that we're like somehow like enlightened and we don't let evolved. this we're evolved. Um, but honestly, we still carry a lot of that vanilla, what, what, what is socially acceptable as far as a vanilla person over into, you know, what we do even as kinksters. And although sex with your ex on the surface because of, of vanilla society might seem like a bad idea. Um, it's not necessarily a bad idea. It's kind of the same thing with most of the kinky things that we do. Like on the surface, it's like, oh, you should never, you know, spank your partner. Well, what if your partner really likes it? Um, so it's kind of, even though as kinksters, we realize that there's a lot of things from vanilla society that we shouldn't carry over. Having sex with your ex is still one of those things that seems to be like, oh, you really probably shouldn't do that. Okay, so you had some studies here that you had wanted uh, wanted to go over. Um, so I see two here. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I'm going to just go over these real quick. And these are a couple studies regarding um, sex with your ex that have been done. Now, they aren't specifically kinky, um, but they're just kind of a general population thing. Uh, In a study published in the Journal of Social and Clinical Psychology, researchers at the University of Arizona examined a group of 137 recently divorced adults and asked how many had the occasional post-conjugal visit. (laughs) That is very study language. Post-conjugal visit, we call that a hookup, after their divorce was finalized. Uh, It showed that 82.5% remained, okay, remained in contact with their ex after the separation and almost one-fifth had sex. I'm actually kind of surprised how low that is, to be honest with you. One-fifth? One-fifth. Okay. I'm a little surprised how low that is. Uh, okay. And then, this is interesting, too. So Adam and Eve, which is a, uh, they, like, sell sex toys and stuff online. Yeah. Right? Did a survey that asked over 1,000 adults if they've ever had sex with an ex and why. Uh, 44% of the respondents admitted that they had sex with an ex. Which is more what I would expect, I think. Yeah. I think that other number might be skewed specifically because it's divorce. And I think divorce a lot of times has a tendency to be really nasty. Yes. Uh, and, and, and you know, probably a little less likely. Half is more what I would expect to see in kind of the general population, I think. So 44% of the respondents admitted they had sex with an ex. 56% said they had not. Um, 
I would say I feel like both of these are somewhat small sample sizes, especially the the Journal of Social and Clinical Psychology. Adam and Eve's is pretty, actually a pretty decent number. Yeah. Although I imagine those numbers are also probably somewhat affected by that they're the people they're asking are probably people who buy sex toys. So I wonder how that would like affect <laughs> things. Um, but what was it about these studies that you found interesting? Um, well, especially the Adam and Eve study, like some of the reasons that people had for having sex with an ex um, was kind of uh, shocking. Um, I'm going to actually talk a little bit more about some of the reasons why you shouldn't. And some of these people, they definitely use those reasons as why they had sex with their ex. Um, but, uh, the, the findings that I found interesting is if you look at it, okay, so out of a thousand people, let's just be serious. Some of those people are probably kinky, right? So if we're just kind of trying to skew the numbers and Especially all that. Especially out of a thousand people on like a site like Adam and Eve, that's. Exactly. That is targeted towards sex. Um, so obviously kinky people are having sex with their exes and are probably still dealing with some of those issues. Cause some of the answers, as I said, were, were quite shocking. Um, such as like, I had sex with my ex cause I wanted to have revenge on them. Um, or I wanted closure and I'll talk a little bit more about those things and why those are not good ideas later. But, um, some of the reasons why people had sex with their ex were, pretty bad ones actually, but there's also a ton of good reasons why people have sex with their ex as well. Well, I would, I would deem to say that for many reasons, um, some of which I think we plan on getting into, I would expect the percentage of people who have sex with their ex in the kinky world to actually be higher than in the vanilla world. So, you know, going by those Adam and Eve numbers of like 44%, uh, yeah, I, I'd be willing to bet that's quite a bit higher in the kink world for a whole <laughs> shit ton of reasons. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of an interesting thing about having sex with your ex, you know, because talking about that whole like vanilla issue with it. And I think it's interesting when you talk about casual sex, especially like between like vanilla guys, right? They'll sit around and like, okay, um, it's totally cool if you hook up with some some chick and bring her home, right? Like casual sex, fine. But sex, casual sex with your ex is kind of taboo. And I think a lot of that comes from this idea that if you are no longer with somebody, like it's supposed to be a bad relationship. Like you're supposed to be enemies and you guys shouldn't have any kind of association with each other. And I think kinky people definitely are more evolved in that area, not necessarily like we should be enemies. Enlightened. A little more enlightened. Um, but uh, we still sort of carry that, like we're supposed to break off from our exes. And I kind of find that, you know, this vanilla view in and of itself is just ridiculous. Um, for example, you and I are friends with pretty much all of our exes. Um, there's yeah. that one bad one. Um, everybody's got one, <laughs> one ex who was just not a fantastic human as some of our friends would put it. Maybe they could be with more work, but they aren't. Everybody's got one of those. But yeah, and I was, I was actually doing, you know, some math, uh, when we were talking about this episode, not, not overly complicated math, but, uh, you know, I think that probably about half of our exes we have played with after we've broken up either regularly or here and there yeah um played with and or messed around with um and and the majority of them we've been friendly with as well which i think is always a goal to strive for yeah and i think 
if you can't be, you know, not necessarily playing and, and sexual, but on good levels with your ex, with, with none of your exes, that says more about you than the people you're dating. Um, if, if there is some reason why all of them are, are enemies with you, um, and you keep ending up with people that you believe are quote unquote toxic people, either you're really looking in the wrong places and going after the wrong people, or it might be you. Which by the way, guys, is one of the reasons that we tell people when they're dating, like if you're, if you're like sitting down to dinner with somebody and everything that comes out of their mouth is like a horror story about an ex, it's probably not the exes. It's probably that person. <laughs> so you may just want to be careful because you're going to be the next horror story uh, for the next person they're sitting down with. Um, I was actually able to pull up that, that study you were talking about and I don't see some of the original stuff, but I do see, um, uh, just a couple of the reasons uh, that that those people gave from the Adam and Eve study specifically. 37% said they wanted to have sex and felt comfortable with the person, which is a pretty good reason. 14% <laughs> said an attempt at reconciliation, not so much. And 5% said revenge, which is obviously not a good reason. But what I don't see in here, um, when it says revenge, I'm curious as to if it means revenge on the X or it's like, okay... I'm dating this new person and I want revenge on them. So I'm gonna go back and fuck my ex. Like, I'm, I'm not really sure. It doesn't really clarify that. From when I dug into that study, it seemed like more people like I'm getting revenge on my ex by being really, really good in bed with them. And now they ain't ever going to get it again. Um, which I feel like is not really a good course for revenge. Like you're going to give somebody something really great to try to get back at them. Um, I don't think anybody's a loser in that situation. I don't think you necessarily lost, but you certainly didn't win over um, on that one. One thing that I, you know, I do think is, and kind of where I feel like you're focusing a lot of this is, you know, we we feel like we're enlightened as gangsters. I hate that word. I hate that <laughs> word. And I feel like we've used it way too many times during this episode, but I really don't know a better way to say some of these things. But like, we feel like we're more enlightened about a lot of things. But, you know, we do still a lot of our views are still shaped by like, you know, society at large and vanilla society. And I think that um, messing around with your exes can be one area where that is more so the case um, for us. Like, you know, cause it's ingrained by like family and friends and like our culture and the media and everything else. Uh, like you said, you're not supposed to, you're supposed to kind of break ties with this person and it goes a lot deeper than sex, but it's like this whole idea of like, you're supposed to break off ties with this person and, probably be angry at them, right? And depressed and uh, not really have contact with them, not be friends. That's like a huge thing, right? Yeah. Like you can't be friends with, like if you're dating in vanilla circles, like you can't be friends with your exes. Like that's like a huge problem if like you're dating somebody and they see that like you're friends with this ex. Like that's like a huge thing. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and And that's where it comes from. So we're going to kind of try to step away from that and we're going to address some of the issues that realistically cause concern for dating your ex, right? Like a lot of times with these, you know, vanilla views, it's because people did things wrong. It's not that there isn't a right way to do it. It's that people constantly do it wrong. So um, why would people want to have sex with their ex, right? So I guess the, the best thing to do would be to start with the question, why would I want to fuck my ex? And were you waiting for an answer for me? Because I'm kind of like, I feel like it's a self-obvious question. Like, it's it, because you want to fuck and they're hopefully good at it. Like, I mean, I would I would hope that would be why. Well, yeah. 
I mean, that's at, at its core, like you want to do it. Um, but you know, it might be something like you guys are still friendly. Like you guys are still cool. Uh, you're sex or kink compatible, but you guys just weren't each other's like relationship cup of tea. Like I wanted the house with the fence and dogs and, you know, the other person just really wanted somebody to fist. Like our relationship things might not have um, been in line with each other, but they're still a cool person. There's still somebody that is, you know, hey, you know, I still really like this person who can fist me. Um, but I really do want to find another partner to marry at some point in my life. You know, it's, it's perfectly reasonable to have somebody that you're compatible as far as being friendly and sexual or kink, but not be in a situation where this is necessarily a person that you want to have as a, like a ongoing long-term partner. And I think it's important to remember that most of the time when relationships do break up, um, it's because a lot of times, you know, those, those things, it's a compatibility factor. Like it's not necessarily that anybody, and most of the time, it's not that anybody was horrible, you know, or, or even bad to you. A lot of times it's just a compatibility factor and you get into things and you realize that you guys just aren't looking for the same thing in terms of the relationship, but it's still somebody you can be friends with a good chunk of the time. It's still somebody you can be friends with and, and, or fuck because those two things, uh, aren't mutually exclusive, but also aren't required <laughs> right? to be in the same place at the same time. Um, so other, you know, factors might be something like a long distance, re- distance relationship. You guys live too far apart to really have like a serious romantic relationship, but that's sex though, right? Like, like the sex still good, but, um, you know, you just don't have the the time or the energy or the location geographically to really have a relationship. Um, other reasons, you know, the, the big one is just, you know, being comfortable with that person, right? Like I know this person's body in and out. They know my body in and out. We know the certain switches, how to twist them and turn them on and off and get that person on or off. Um, it's less work, right? It's, it's better, better sex than a one night stand. Yeah. Um, and probably less work than a one night stand. Too. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's less, it's less of that like awkward okay, do you like this? Obviously, like you don't necessarily have to go through the entire alphabet trying to figure out which way works best for um, getting that person off. Yeah, well, and so if any of you guys are familiar with um, the band Wet Spots, uh, which is, they're like a, a kink what would you call that? I mean, because it's really more like comedic, like satire. That's what I was going to say, like a, a kink satire anything. band. But they have this this song called Booty Call. And it's they, they've got a line in there about like, you know, like, I can't take you out in public, but you're comfortable in bed. I'll post that. You got to watch the video. I'll post it in the show notes. I'll also post that study um, that we, we referred to earlier from Adam and Eve. I'll try and find that original study and post it there as well. But you got to watch the video. But basically, the whole point is, you know, like, I can't take you in public. We don't like the same things. But like, oh, you're good at bed. Like, you're comfortable. I know what we're doing. Like, you know, it's so I, I can't be your baby, but I can be your booty call. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, see, since I've been writing, you know, kind of notes for this podcast, I've had X's and O's in my head. So I've been right, right there with you. Um, so. Isn't that like a 
current song? Yes, that's a current song. Does but it talk about fucking after you broke it up? Yes. I had no idea. Yeah, that's 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 what it's talking about is is screwing around with your exes. Basically, they keep coming back to her, but she doesn't want a relationship. Um <laughs> she just wants the booty. Um, so that one is not a satire song. That one's actually more of a serious song, but uh yeah. So there are some good reasons to like screw around with your ex. Um, but I'm going to tell you about when not to have sex with your ex, right? Like there is certain times that you really should not have sex with these people. Uh, if it was actually like a toxic relationship, if, if that person was not a healthy person for you, you really have to evaluate that person and be like, okay, if this is a toxic person, someone that's caused a lot of drama to my life, do I want to bring the drama back in just for sex? Yeah, I, I actually think you got to kind of distinguish. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna, but I actually kind of think you might have to distinguish toxic from drama there. Like, I feel like drama is a lot more of a a specific because toxic could be so many things, you know, that you're defining as toxic for you, and a lot of those things may not really be issues with with just fucking somebody for a night. Yeah, what I'm what I when I say toxic and drama, you can I'm I'm using them inexchangeably. I think there's many reasons with drama that might be drama in your relationship but wouldn't be drama in sex or toxic in your relationship but wouldn't be toxic with sex. Give an example. Okay. So, if this person is somebody who had a tendency, for example, to be controlling and to get involved in things in your life that they weren't supposed to be getting involved in, right? Like they got involved with your work relationships, things like that. If they didn't guard those boundaries when you were in a relationship, why would you expect them to not do things like start stepping in areas that they weren't supposed to be stepping into just because they're just having sex with you? Yeah. But like, I guess like on the other hand, I'm trying to think of a good example, but you know, if you guys had broken up just because like there was some serious incompatibility there in terms of what you guys wanted in the future, maybe like, you know, like they were like, seriously, like they were having like negative impacts on their work life, on your work life, because like they didn't like your job or something along those lines. And it's something that is not going to be an issue if you like sleep with them for a night. So I think you really have to distinguish. Yeah. You know, and that's why I think you really have to like, look at those things. Like if this was a person that was really, really toxic for you. Is that toxic behavior something that can be reopened by just having sex with this person? So um, I feel like this one's kind of like a silly one, but I mean, it's, it's serious. But like, think about it. If the sex was bad and causing issues when you were in the relationship, it might not be a good idea to have sex with a person where the sex was bad and causing issues prior. Um it's not suddenly going to get better because you're not in a relationship with that person. And I will say, I, I think maybe the one exception to that is if the sex issue was just like a gap in desire, like in how much, like cool, like you guys can hook up, but they were good at sex, right? But like maybe there was just a serious discrepancy in sex drives. As long as you're both hooking up the fuck, it doesn't really matter, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely certain things that could be but i agree with you in general in, in, in general if if there was a lot of tension between sex and a lot of problems with the sex it isn't suddenly going to be band-aid because you're not together anymore um don't have sex with your ex if you're looking for closure um there is no better way to open a relationship back up to things than to open someone's legs 
Um, it is not going to give you any kind of closure. It's not going to be like, okay, all these unresolved things that I'm feeling, I just need to put my penis in it to make it go away. That's not how those kind of things work. Um, it rarely has the effect that people want it to have. Typically, if anything, if it does anything at all, it's going to make you rehash those feelings, not get rid of them. Um, if you don't have closure, if you're looking for closure, don't try to find closure in someone's crotch. Like, <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. Um, another, you know, thing to, you know, we talked about the revenge already. Like, if you're trying to get revenge, um, you probably shouldn't really be doing anything with that person. Like if you're at a point where you're seeking revenge and you're like going through your revenge checkoff list and I'm going to have sex with them. So good. I just, they re- I just like, regret it. I feel like this is a um, hard, hard point to even explain. Cause it doesn't even make fucking sense. Like I, I just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, don't do this, but why the hell would you? It makes no sense at all. Um, I think as from a, a female standpoint, I know a lot of women who have this thought that if, Um, if I have sex with this person and I do a really awesome job, they're going to regret it. They're going to be sorry they broke up with me because they're going to remember me for that. And I'm sort of like, that's kind of- Or they're just going to have had awesome sex. Yeah. I don't really- I don't know. Um, so another one is, and this, and this one's one that definitely comes from vanilla society. You don't see it as much with kinky people, but it does happen is people being like- I'm going to just have sex with my ex until I can find another relationship because I don't want to have sex with more people. I don't want to add to that number. Um, and I, I don't, don't feel like that's really an issue in the kink world. Yeah, you're nodding. I the microphone can't hear you nod. <laughs> I think it's less of an issue in the kink world, but it's still, um, especially people who are maybe a little newer to kink, um, a little bit uh, newer to the idea of being very open sexually, that can still be something that plays into it. And the last one is, you know, if you actually still have the agenda of getting back together with them, um, you're going to end up disappointing yourself. Like sex doesn't magically make anything better. It doesn't magically make your partner desire you. Um, if you have some hidden agenda underneath that you're hoping to get back together with them, you should resolve that with them, not by having sex. Yeah. Those problems aren't going to be resolved by sex, even if the problem was sex. Yeah. Cause anybody can get, you, you, you can get that compatibility once, even if you don't have it over the long term. So, so, you know, and, and I'm not saying don't ever try to get back with your ex, you know, you have to evaluate if you want to do that, but if you do want to get back with your ex, don't have sex with your ex to try to get back with them. Um, so, um, some problems that, you know, we see a lot is that people haven't given enough time as far as between the time that they broke up with the person and having sex. So it's late at night, you're horny, (laughs) you know, it's going to be a lot easier and a lot better sex to hook up with your ex. You want to do it. Here's what to avoid. Um, first of all, that not enough time has passed in between having sex with them um, and your breakup. The thing is, is that this is going to change depending on the person. For some people, this might be an hour or a day. Like, okay, we're not compatible. We can screw and still be fine. For others, it might be a week. It might be a month. Um, but you need to 
really make sure that you've given yourself and the other person enough time before having sex with them. Uh, if you're still very like emotionally connected and you're having a hard time dealing with the breakup, it's probably not the time to hop into it just yet. As I said before, like don't do this if you're trying to fix things. Sex isn't going to fix anything. So if you're going into it with that sort of like pre-thought that it's going to fix any kind of part of your relationship, don't do it. Wait until you're not to that point anymore. Um, you're only going to disappoint yourself. Also, if you've never had casual sex with anybody before, like this is something that you have not experimented with, um, your ex is probably not where you want to do that experimentation. Uh, if, if you're going to be in a situation where you're going to have emotions and things like that, or you don't know if you can handle it, because some people aren't able to handle casual sex. It's not something that is, you know, who they are. Um, and casual sex, especially the first couple times you do it, takes sort of getting used to because you get the butterflies and you get all those kind of like, oh my gosh, this person. So your ex probably isn't the person that you want to do that experimentation with. So if it's the first time that you're ever considering casual sex, uh, you probably want to pass on your ex. Yeah, we've talked about this before. I feel like there's kind of like three phases with casual sex, right? There's the point where it's like, I'm going to have casual sex. I'm going to get attached. Like, you know, I'm going to have sex. I'm going to get attached because I had sex, which is a pretty natural thing biologically and emotionally to do. Mm -hmm. And then there's the point of, okay, I'm going to have casual sex. And I know that I'm going to want to get attached because that's how stuff works. But I know enough to recognize that I'm going to ignore it and not be a fucking weirdo. And then there's the third phase, which is I had casual sex. I don't even need to really like consider that at all. I'm just, I'm good. Well, that's where I'm at, right? Like I'm, I'm at the point where I have casual sex with somebody and I'm like, cool, maybe I'll see you in a month. Like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like some deep connective thing for me. It's, yeah. it's just fun. And I can, I can most of the time, but still occasionally, like if it's something that's really, really good, I'll, I'll like have a couple days after I have to stop and be like, okay, it was just really good sex. <laughs> you need to chillax on it for a couple days and don't be a fucking weirdo. <laughs> and yeah, but so point with that being, if you aren't in those last two stages and you're still in that first stage of like, you're going to get attached, uh, this is not the time to play around with it. Yeah. It's, it's this is not, it's a not the time to, to learn how to have casual sex. Um, so another common problem is that people expect that the sex is going to be the same with the person. Um, this might be more true if it's only been a couple of days or even a couple of weeks, but if it's been a couple of months or a couple of years, uh, people change. So you might have better sex. You might have worse sex. Things change. So having that expectation and going into it can cause a lot of, you know, disappointment later. You might be like, oh, this person was really great to have sex with. And then you go and have sex with them and you're like, eh, it's not as good. And that might be partially because part of what made that sexual experience good together was the, you know, the connective emotion, the relationship. Um, or it could just be, you know, people have changed. But, you know, be prepared for things to not be the same. They now like different things, which can be better and can be worse. I think you were telling me a story about a girl who wouldn't let you spank her when you guys were together because she's like, oh, I need my partners to respect me. But then like you guys broke up. She's like, okay, now you can smack my ass. And Cassie's like, which I've been disrespecting you the whole time. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, um, a lot of times, you know, it might change for the worse. It can change for the better. But in that case, it did. It was good. And one thing I do want to add in here, and it 
might kind of go with expecting it to be the same is also, especially if it's something you may not have done with this person since you've broken up, um, you know, expect that things might get a little weird and be willing to deal with that. Um, we had a situation where we had a partner who we had dated for a long time. Um, we hadn't done anything with her in a long time. And we, we seen, we had a really good scene and she got pretty emotional afterwards and, and kind of, wound up crying and, and, you know, and kind of cuddled her until she calmed down. And then we all kind of like cuddled up and went to sleep, but you know, just, just be prepared. It can bring up a lot of emotions, especially if it's something you haven't done with this person since you've broken up, uh, you know, and be prepared to deal with that. If it does arise, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing necessarily, but you do need to be prepared to deal with it. Yeah. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> like, like, you know, with most of the things that we do as kingsters, you know, like the bottom line is usually don't be a jerk about it. Um, so to talk a little bit about like kink specific stuff, right? Um, there's there's a couple of things that aren't going to happen in the vanilla world, such as you typically in the vanilla world are not going to just bump into your ex having sex somewhere else, right? Um, if you're in the scene and you go to the same dungeon, you go to the same play spaces there's a good chance that you're going to bump into that. Yeah, if you're in the public scene, you're almost, and your partner's in the public scene, you're almost going to certainly see them playing and or fucking at some point after you break up. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to happen at some point. You're going to have to deal with it. Um, but aside for that, because the scene is kind of smaller, um, you're going to run into your ex. And because we are a community that is more open about sexuality, you probably at some point are going to be asked by an ex to play or to have sex. Um, and that isn't going to be like in the vanilla world where it's like that opportunity may never happen. If you're in this small, tight knit group of people, it, you might be forced into a situation where you're around this person and it might get brought up. Um, not forced into a situation of having sex. No, not forced into it. But, but forced into a situation where you mean more so like you're going to wind up in a situation where they're probably going to ask you at some point. That they might ask you and you're definitely going to be around them. So it's important for you to have like your own personalist stance on what you like believe in as far as like sex with your ex. If it's something that you don't feel like you can handle, you can't do it. You don't want to do, um, don't do it. Uh, but it's good, a good idea to have, you know, at least a little bit of self-talk, um, at some point about whether or not you'd be willing to have sex with your exes or a particular ex. Cause it's going to be different for each ex, um, because you might end up in that situation. This is sort of a, a, a big one that uh, I definitely am giving the eyes to the Domly people out there. Um, make sure you realize that just because you guys were in, a, in, in some sort of power dynamic or something like that um, prior to your breakup doesn't mean that you have any kind of control that those roles are in place anymore. Um, so know your role. Uh, but if you were someone's dom or you had some sort of power exchange, that might not be in place anymore. So you're going to have to kind of renegotiate your kink and sexual relationship. And you should do that regardless, regardless if, um, you know, it's a power exchange or a kink relationship, even if it's just vanilla sex, um, sort of renegotiating things so that way you guys are both on the same page. Um, you, you know, may have, you know, gone through all these things before you may have had sex before you've may have done kink play before. 
Um, but you need to, you know, negotiate those things, not just sexual, but also emotional too. Um, are you going to expect, you know, a phone call the next day or the person to spend the night or to go to dinner, dinner, um, negotiating that out with them before having sex with them is a good idea. So that way you kind of know where each other stands. If you guys are going to play along the lines of some kind of power exchange, that sort of thing, uh, making sure that, you know, you guys understand what it is like, okay, so I'm going to be dominant in this aspect, but afterwards we're not. All right. So let's wrap this up a little bit. So if you have to give just a couple of wrap ups on having sex with your ex, what would you say? Okay. From the get go, make your intentions known, like tell your ex exactly what you want to do, that it's, you know, just sex, you know, what you need. Um, and, uh, you know, just putting it out there, like, don't try to be like, Oh, let's have a good night or whatever. Make sure that it's very clear. Um, be a freaking human, like be prepared to care for them. If something happens, uh, you know, don't be a jerk about it. Realize people, you know, have feelings. Um, another thing is like renegotiate everything again. Like, you know, especially if it, there was power exchange kinks, that sort of thing. And the last thing, you know, um, we haven't really touched on this, but I wanted to leave this as like a last point. Um, you know, sexual safety is, is important, you know, have it, you know, realize that your set, your, your ex is probably having sex with other people. Um, especially if you haven't been together for a while, don't have the expectation that you're the only person they're screwing. So, you know, be safe. Um, keep that in mind and, you know, use the precautions that you would with any other person that you were having casual sex with. So that is having sex with your ex, the kinky version. If you are in the dating game, uh, we've got a ton of stuff for you on our blog. Um, you can go to touchflavor.com slash blog. We've got a ton of stuff on there, but we also have a online workshop that we do. Um, it's called get two kinky dates in the next two weeks. And it is about how to successfully get dates online as a kinky person looking for other kinky people. So if you are in the dating game and you want to watch that, you can go to our website at a touch of flavor dot com. I almost said a Dutch of flavor. That's a touch of flavor dot com forward slash TKD for two kinky dates TKD. And you can sign up and you can watch that online workshop and it's free and there's some really good stuff in there and you can watch Cassie get like two kinky dates in like an hour while she's getting the material together for the class and it's kind of cool. <laughs> so thank you for joining us today and we will see you next time. And until then, have fun, stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1.